a pastor in Worcester, Massachusetts at an independent church called Calvary Evangelistic Center. And in the 1970s, we got involved in Haiti, supporting children in a feeding program. A couple years later, we purchased five acres on the ocean for $7,000. And my family went there in 1983 with five tents and camped out on this oceanfront property with a team of missionaries. And we started a mission January 6, 1983. 35 years ago. And so we've been in Haiti for 35 years, and I could tell a thousand stories of God's divine providence. Amen? We serve a mighty miracle God. A mighty miracle God. And God is more than able to provide for all of your needs. God's able to open doors and amazing stuff. And uh, today, while we're here worshiping in Haiti and the Dominican Republic, there are 30 new mission church congregations worshiping the Lord. Amen? Well, first thing, I have two short little videos that I want to show you, and, uh, and then I'll come back, and then I'm going to preach a message for you. Amen? Let's watch these videos. <laughs> Bonjour, Roland. Ça, c'est Timothée. Oui, we're content pour t'en voir. I called Roland Henry, a graduate of New Missions, to ask him some questions on what he remembered life was like living in Haiti. Because see, now he's from Westbury, New York, and he's a pastor at a church there. And it's just amazing some of the story that he told me and how he was so impacted. I'm using the content to write an article for our newsletter because Roland is now the very first graduate of New Missions to be sponsoring a child at New Missions in Haiti. And he actually chose to sponsor a girl from the very school that he went to in Haiti. I asked Roland what he remembered impacted him the most when he was a student at New Missions. He told me of how a storm came through his village and people got very sick. He actually knew people that died, but he went to our medical clinic and he was given free medical care and was cared for for three months. And he told me that we saved his life. And then I asked him, when did you accept Jesus as your personal savior? And he told me of how he prayed to receive Christ at his school in LaSalle, Haiti. When I think about child sponsorship, I think of how our mission is to change the life of a child. And now Roland Henry is helping to change the life of a child in Haiti through sponsorship. And each of us have the opportunity to change the life of a child through our prayers, through our giving. And I'm so thrilled that now there's a girl by the name of Ange Dona, who's in LaSalle, who has a sponsor, who's actually a graduate of ours, and he's giving back. I can't tell you Roland's story without giving thanks to his sponsors, Ed and Joyce Cronin. Together we can help change the lives of children through the gift of education, most importantly, relationship with Christ, Together we're raising a generation of Christian leaders and we're changing the lives of children because each child matters to God.
was uh, about uh, four years old, my mom brought me to school at Newtions. My parents didn't have money to send me to school. I was dreaming to become an engineer. Hearing things about Christ, I feel, oh, it's, it's good to be a part of this. And um, when I was uh, about uh, 17, I was getting baptized in Bodmer, Napoli, and in the ocean. After, I was dreaming to be a part of the change that I have in mind, um, to influence people. I manage a school. Being a pastor, it's a, I, I feel that I live in my dream. If I have that possibility to meet my sponsor, Janice Baker, I will thank her for being a part of me, of my life, and uh, to influence my life in a good way. Without her and through new missions, I don't know where I would be. There's a lot of children on the street, you know, cleaning cars because their parents cannot send them to school. It would be important if someone could sponsor a child. My prayer for Haiti, it's one day for the people in Haiti turn to Christ because Christ is the greatest need that Haiti has. How many of you sponsor a child in Haiti? Some of you sponsor children. Thank you. God bless you. You are changing a life. So we've been in Haiti for 35 years, and those are some life-changing stories. Out of that little village of Nepali, there's been a group that have immigrated to France. And uh, one of our graduates from our school, graduated from our Bible school, is in France and he's pastoring a church in Paris, France. So from the little village of Nepali, Haiti, one of our school graduates, a little boy right out of the poorest of the poor, is now pastoring a church in Paris, France. Amen? The kingdom of God is advancing. Amen? And this morning, I want to give you an invitation to sponsor a child. After church, I have a table. My wife will be there. You can sponsor a boy or a girl for $33 a month. We don't need any money today. Just fill out a form with your name and address. Take that little boy, take that little girl home with you, and you will change the world through the life of a child. Amen? I've written a couple of books. Uh, you saw the, the children's book. And also this Witness Carol book. I have a free book for everybody. So I want you to stop by the table and pick up a free book. Amen? Amen. Blessings. Well, now it's time to share from the Word of God. And uh, I believe I have a message for you this morning for you and your life and what you've been going through, who you are, what you're dreaming about. 
During the summer, my wife and I live in Massachusetts, and my grandfather started a a little Christian camp on a piece of land. And uh, during the summer, uh, we volunteered to work at this Christian children's camp. And one summer, uh, a year ago, we have staff training in June. And uh, so we have all the staff together on a Friday night, and it was uh, getting late. We had a, a cookout barbecue, and we built a campfire. Sun was setting. And my wife passed out three-by-five index cards to each of us, and then she passed out a little pencil. You can buy those little golf pencils. They're about this big. And she asked each of us, to write something down on our card that we wanted to give to God this summer. And then we were going to take our cards and throw them in the fire as a prayer. And when I was thinking of what I was going to write down, this word came to me, greatness. And I wrote down this word, greatness. And as soon as I wrote down the word, I was embarrassed because I began to say, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? Greatness. How are you going to give God greatness? And uh, so I hid that from everybody and I folded up the card and I threw it in the fire. And then all summer I was thinking about what happened to me that moment in time. What was I thinking? What was I feeling? What's going on with my relationship with God? And I began to realize that in my heart, I was desiring greatness. I want to be somebody. I want to do something. I don't want people to say about me, oh, he never amounted to much. Hmm? Have you ever said that about somebody? Joey's a nice boy, but he never amounted to much. He was a mama's boy. Now, how many of you here are desiring greatness? Who wants to be great? Pastor John, do you want to be great? I want to be great. I want to do something. I want to be somebody. I want to make something out of my life. You know, those, some of Jesus' disciples, they too wanted to become great. And there's a story in the Bible about James and John, two of Jesus' disciples. And uh, they were desiring greatness. And there's a story in the Bible of the disciples, they're walking, and the disciples are arguing amongst themselves, who's the greatest disciple? I went to the village, I prayed, I healed a woman. No, but I am Jesus' favorite, I'm the greatest. And the disciples, they were jockeying for power, who's number one? And uh, James and John had a plan. So they had their mother go to Jesus and uh, ask Jesus that 
James and John would sit at the left and the right in his kingdom. And then James and John asked Jesus for the exact same thing, that Jesus would make them number one and number two, to sit at the left and the right of Jesus in his kingdom. At this point in time, the the Jewish people were living under the rule of the Roman Empire. They were occupied by the Roman Empire. But all the disciples, they had read the Old Testament prophecies about a Messiah that was coming. They had seen the miracles of Jesus, and they imagined that Jesus was going to establish a physical kingdom. Open it right up. Open it, yeah. That he was going to establish a physical kingdom that he was going to drive out the Romans and establish the Jewish empire. And they wanted to establish their position in Jesus' kingdom. They wanted to be number one and number two. In my text this morning, I'm going to read from Mark chapter 10, verse 32. Let's turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the other ten disciples heard this, they became jealous with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, who Whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus redefined greatness. He redefined it. 
with a paradox, he turned it upside down. Jesus did not scold them for their desire to be great, but he encouraged it. Jesus is not at war with our desire for greatness. He knows you have a desire for greatness. He knows you want to be somebody. He knows you want to do something. (laughs) He's not come to fight with your human nature desire to be great. Jesus has come to fulfill it. Amen? You are destined for greatness. You have a covenant relationship with Almighty God. Amen? Romans 8.30. One of my favorite chapters. And those he predestined, you're in a covenant with, with Christ, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Are you ready to be glorified? Who wants the glory? Amen? It says that we are crucified with Christ. We share in his sufferings so that we might what? Share in his glory. Our greatness and our glory is hidden in the kingdom of God. Amen? God wants to use you. God wants to make something great out of you. When we first went to Haiti, we did not go with uh, a big tent and a band and drums and microphones. And we went to Haiti. And the first week, we started feeding hungry children. We bought great big kettles, big chaudiers, they call them. And we started a feeding program. We told the woman from the village of Nepali, bring us your children, we'll feed them. And we had two nurses. Our whole entire life of ministry has been about serving, feeding children, educating children, running a clinic. The work we do at our children's camp, it's taking care of children. You know, if you want to get to the heart of a mother, you take care of her child. When she calls in the night and her child's sick and you pray, when you feed her child, when you raise her child, when you educate her child, when you teach her child about Jesus, and that little child goes home and tells the mother what you taught them, that mother will come to Christ. Amen? And our entire ministry has been about serving others. It's been about serving. The church is called to serve. Our strategy in Haiti was serving. How many of you ever heard someone say church is boring? Church is boring. Have you ever been to a boring church service? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody, and maybe you're at a restaurant, And this person is talking, and they're going on and on and on. And all of a sudden, you're starting to fall asleep. Your eyes are glassing over, and oh, you you can't even remember what they're saying as they're talking. You're going to fall over. Has this ever happened to you? 
happens. And then all of a sudden, it's your turn to talk. And you start talking and telling a story. Next thing you know, you're all excited and your energy level comes back. Have, have you experienced this in real life? The next time somebody tells you church is boring, ask them, what are you doing in church? What are you doing in church? What are you doing? Because if you're playing the piano in the worship team, if you're the ushers, if you're working in the parking lot, if you're in the children's ministry, if, if you are working, if you are serving, you're not born. You're part of the team, and you're making something happen. You are rowing the boat. Amen? Everyone can be great. Because everyone can serve. <clears throat> and I want to ask you, who is the greatest of all time? Who? Jesus. Tom Brady. <laughs> Isn't that what? You people in New England call Tom Brady? Hmm? You call Tom Brady the greatest of all time? You call him the goat? Yes, Jesus Christ is the greatest of all time. Because he was the greatest servant leader. The title of my message this morning is Greatness and the Call to Servant Leadership. We need to see ourselves as the serving church. This church has a great opportunity to serve the com community. As people come to be fed, they come to be fed the gospel of Jesus Christ. They come to the school. They're coming to the, all the ministry opportunities. We are serving the people. And through that message, we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you want to be used of God? Who wants to be used of God? Amen. My next mess, my next text is from Mark chapter 831. Let's read this together. Mark 831. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Why did Peter do that? Because Peter was imagining the physical kingdom. Jesus! You've, you're the Messiah. I've seen the miracles. You're going to establish a physical kingdom. We're going to drive out the Romans. <clears throat> but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me. He must deny himself 
and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Amen? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. It's another paradox. Amen? One year at Camp Woodhaven, it was raining every day, week after week. And I could see the morale of the team was beginning to tip like a canoe because we hire all these high school students and college students. Many of them, they don't have to work. Their parents have money. And on Wednesday, one of my directors, she quit. And uh, I could see I needed to do something. So that night I went to Sam's Club and uh, I bought a truckload of food for breakfast. And I went to the grocery store and the, went back to the kitchen and I began to crack a dozen eggs. I cracked literally 12 dozen eggs into a great big pot and stirred it all up. Going to make scrambled eggs in the morning. I had a griddle for pancakes and I opened up all the bacon. And the next morning at 5 a.m. I got one of my workers and we had uh, grills outside cooking sausages and I was uh, roasting bacon in two double-deck ovens and pancakes and the smoke detectors are going off. And, and my wife came up with an electric skillet and she saved the day and helped make the eggs. And I put a sign up, special staff meeting this morning in the dining hall. And then when all my staff arrived, I had a, an enormous feast waiting for them. Enormous, as much food as you can imagine and yogurt and orange juice and chocolate milk and any fruit, just mountains and mountains of food. And I fed them. And uh, after breakfast, I got them all around a circle. I said, I, I know it's been very difficult, the rain, but I want you to know that I appreciate you. And uh, that was a tipping point for the morale of the team. And the next day, I had a 16-year-old junior counselor. He said, George, can I buy pizza today for all of my children? And he bought pizza for all of his little children that day. He was modeling my behavior. As I fed my team, he fed his team. As I served my team, he served his team. And we can model servant leadership. Amen? Your pastor is your servant leader. He's serving his team. Each and every one of you is a servant leader. God has given you somebody to serve. He's given you a group of people that you need to serve. You need to take care of your little flock that you have. Amen? Do you know that God is no respecter of persons? We know that from Scripture. God is no respecter of persons. God is a respecter of principle. God respects principle. And the principle that God respects is his word. There's a scripture that says, God watches over his word to perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. 
I was a high school dropout. I was not very bright. But God watches over his word to perform it. Are you willing to grab a hold of the word of God? Are you ready to step into a covenant relationship with almighty God? And open up this book. And when you read it, everything it says is about you. Every promise is for you. And if you'll enter into a covenant, into the principle of God's word, he's watching over it to perform it. And he's going to look down. You say, that, that little people from Worcester, Massachusetts went to Haiti. They're, uh, they're doing the word of God. They are. He's watching over his word to perform it. Lots of times I think of myself as an errand boy. As God's errand boy. And lots of times when I get discouraged in life, I'll say, God, do you have one more errand for the master for me to do? Amen. Do you want to be God's errand boy? Do you want to be God's errand girl? Say, Master, do you have an errand for me to do? Here am I, Lord, send me. No job too small for me. There's no job too dirty for me. I'll go. Oh, nobody else wants to go? I'll go. I'll hear the word of the Lord. I am ready. Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in little. I will make you ruler over much. Amen. Can I hear you say this morning, I am a ruler over much. I am a ruler over much. I will be faithful in the little. Who wants to be used of God this morning? Amen. My wife Paula comes from a little Mennonite church in Virginia called Zion Hill Mennonite Church. And when she was a little teenage girl, 13 years old, Zion Hill Mennonite Church had a gifts discernment committee. A gifts discernment committee. And uh, it was a questionnaire that they would pass out every year. And uh, that questionnaire was a long list of things of all the jobs in the church. And uh, everybody had to sign up for a job to do. It was 100% volunteer staff at Zion Hill Mennonite Church. And so one, somebody had the job of preparing the flowers for the stage. And uh, there was the worship leader in the parking lot. And who was responsible for every little job in the church? And that's how we should see Faith Christian Center as a serving church. And each and every one of us is on the team serving in the ministry of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, you are 
great because you're in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? And everyone can be great because everyone can serve. And each and every one of us will hear our master say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in little, and I will make you ruler over much. Amen. Pastor, would you come and close us in prayer? Father, we thank you for the word that we've heard. May the Holy Spirit take this word and bring it down deep into our heart. For Lord, there is going to come a day when every one of us is going to stand before you and give an account. So often we see serving you and serving in the church as an optional thing. And we have very busy lives probably busier at this time this 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 year than in the years past for the pace of life is not slowing it's getting faster and father it's so easy for us to get caught up in the pressures and the demands of our day day-to-day activities especially with our families and for, we forget about eternity help us with the word of God we've heard today to awaken us Lord that there will be a day when we stand before you to give an account not for how much money we made not for how many cars we had or whether our grass was cut we'll give an account for what we did with what you gave us for your kingdom and to serve your people We recognize we have an enemy of our soul that works hard to keep us distracted. But you've given us your spirit and you've given us your word, supernatural provision so that we can stay on track to finish our course. Father, help us today to see that the church is not something the professionals do but it's something we're all called to and to see that greatness is something you have for us to be but that greatness is not in the world's terms but it's in your kingdom's terms we thank you for doing that in Jesus name Amen